Hey friends, this is Allie Simmons and Maggie Law, and we are hosts of the Happy Mom Podcast. We are relatable, joyful, and real working moms. This podcast was created because we wanted a sunny spot to uplift and support each other. It's just like a phone call with your best friend that you haven't caught up with in a few months. Join us as we discuss momming, wifing, parenting, working, and everything in between with a smile on our face and a cup of coffee in our hands. So let's get into it and find our happy. Hey, happy moms. Welcome back. Um, Today we have an awesome podcast that I have been super excited (laughs) about selfishly and just um, to have so many questions answered by one of the best. So today we have Dr. Jules Walters with us. He is a double board certified plastic surgeon and founder of the Modern NOLA. Um, He practices right now in New Orleans, which is not too far from us. And I've just heard amazing things about him. So we are so blessed to have you here today. Welcome. Thank you so much, Dr. Walters, for being here. Thank you for having me. So first off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from and how you got to New Orleans? Yep. So actually, I was born and raised in New Orleans. Um, and, um, you know, everybody kind of ask in New Orleans, like, where'd you go to school? And they really mean high school. Cause it's, you know, a bunch of high schools. And, um, so I went to Holy Cross, uh, high school in New Orleans, all boys Catholic school. And, mm-hmm. um, then I went to LSU, um, in Baton Rouge and, you know, majored in biological sciences in the pre-med curriculum. Um, pretty much always knew that I wanted to be a doctor since I was young. Um, so really, you know, kind of had that path since high school and, um, really didn't kind of waver from that. And, um, after LSU and Baton Rouge, I went to medical school in Shreveport at the LSU, uh, medical school in Shreveport. And, you know, at that point, that's when, you know, I was kind of exposed to all the different specialties and, you know, decided that I wanted to be a surgeon. Um, at that point, I didn't really know plastic surgery at you know, at the time, and I matched into a general surgery residency back here in New Orleans. Um, and it really wasn't until my the end of my intern year when I was on a plastic surgery rotation when I decided that I really wanted to do plastic surgery. So um, did five years of general surgery, uh, matched into another, you know, a plastic surgery residency after my general surgery residency, and that was in Houston, Texas. Um, the University of Texas and the Texas Medical Center. Um, so then spent another three years in plastic surgery residency. And then, you know, at that time, I was really kind of, I really enjoyed Houston and had some job offers in Houston, but I just kind of felt that I wanted to go back home and, and, and serve the New Orleans area um, and uh, went back to New Orleans and joined another plastic surgeon for about five years. Um, and then in 2020, right, uh, before the pandemic, I decided to launch my own practice. So that was very interesting. Dr. Walters, me and you have very similar, um, career trajectories. I was an associate orthodontist for about four years. And then, um, I opened my startup orthodontic practice here in Birmingham on March 2nd, 2020. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I forgot that. Yeah. So, um, that, that is very cool. Um, uh, so I, used, so you, I, I at least had a few months before because it was I think it was it was March 16th when we decided that to shut down our practice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was some challenging times. But, you know, just how long were you closed for about eight weeks? So I think from it was 
I think March 16th to around May 15th. I don't know how you feel about this, Dr. Walters, but I felt like it was almost a blessing in disguise that I didn't have like a ton of patients like in active treatment because I had just opened. So I didn't have like all kind of like the emergencies to deal with that a lot of my colleagues did that had like super busy established practices. So as much as it was such a bummer to like work so hard and then stop there, there was a couple like little bits of silver lining in it. Um, eight years of school is a long time. My, um, my sister-in-law was a orthopedics, uh, trauma nurse practitioner at the Texas health science center. And we visited her a couple times. So I've been to the Houston rodeo and, um, that's quite the experience. So did you ever go to the rodeo when you were in Houston? I did. Yep. (laughs) feel like it's one of those things you've got to do. Um, let's talk about your practice. So, you know, modern plastic surgery, you know, I've looked at on Instagram, you know, the, the name fits the aesthetic of your practice. Was that a vision that you had, or did you have like somebody that helped you kind of make your, your vision come to life? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, worked with a designer and worked with a a marketer who kind of helped establish the brand, but it was, um, you know, I guess, you know, spearheaded by myself. I, I knew when I was launching my my own practice, um, I didn't really want to call it just Walter's plastic surgery, you know. Yeah. And so I think the the generic thing for most plastic surgeons it's the name and then followed your last name followed by you know plastic surgery. And um, I wanted it to kind of embody you know my vision and not just be tied to my name, especially as we grow and things like that. So. And, you know, I wanted to be able to, you know, one day, whenever I decide to retire at some point, you know, the practice can live on. And so if the practice is just solely based on your name, then pretty much you retire and then, you know, the practice goes away. So, mm-hmm. you know, just really trying to kind of create something special. And, um, you know, as far as the name, it's really just to kind of show that, um, you know, I'm trying to give, you know, modern results and, you know, basically, you know, stay educated on my field and constantly bringing kind of, you know, modern techniques for my patients and then also be able to have them in a, you know, warm, welcoming kind of modern atmosphere so that they feel at ease as well. So I think you do such a great job of that, especially on social media, because someone that doesn't live in New Orleans, but we have very limited options in Pensacola where I live. Obviously you do a lot of research with that. And that's just the vibe that I get is very clean, very professional. Um, and again, how you explain things is, is very modern. So it's almost like just from following you, you know, obviously I can tell you're, you know, at the top of your game and that also you have wonderful results and your patients are really happy. So I think you, you do a great job. Yeah. I mean, it's, the name just means so many things, you know, because it's like, it's also people used to think plastic surgery was just for celebrities and it's for, you know, the, the vein and just for vanity reasons. And it's so much more than that, you know, especially when we talk about like a mommy makeover and things, you know, plastic surgery can be, you know, just for the normal mom and for, um, you know, wanting to get their pre-pregnancy back. And, you know, one of our little kind of hashtags is modernizing beauty. And so that, you know, beauty is not just something that is, you know, supposed to be, or you 
maybe you feel selfish about or you feel bad that you want to kind of have plastic surgery. It's about restoring that confidence and, you know, um, not being ashamed for wanting to do something for yourself too. Sure. It's the perfect segue into, you know, you said you stay up on your CE, you know, I, I love that, you know, you, you stay in touch with the modern techniques and stuff. So tell us a little bit about what are some of the services that you offer? Like what are, you know, some of the most popular things, obviously when I think of plastic surgery, I think of, you know, um, like tummy tucks, you know, breast augmentations, I think of Botox fillers, tell us what you do. Yeah. So, you know, it's pretty much the full spectrum of cosmetic surgery, face, breast, and body. Um, you know, a lot of my patients, you know, one of our most popular procedures is really the mommy makeover, which is a combination of procedures after pregnancy, you know, usually um, incorporating some type of breast surgery with some type of body contouring. So most commonly tummy tuck with either breast augmentation or breast augmentation with the lift. Um, and then we offer, you know, a kind of full med medical spa um, for non-surgical services, you know, skin care and lasers um, and, you know, Botox and fillers and things like that. So, um, and that's something that, you know, I kind of really pride myself on, especially on the non-surgical things. There are so many things out there that just flat out don't work. And, you know, people market all of this stuff, you know, various cellulite treatments and things like that. <laughs> so, even I feel though, like that, um, that cool scope sculpt seems to be something that keeps popping up a lot. So stuff like that. So, yeah, it, I think it works. And I don't have the, the cool sculpting machine based on just, um, you know, most patients who come see me, they are really expecting a surgical result. Sure. Um, I think there is a, you know, a rare patient who can get a really good result with kind of with cool sculpting. However, it's never mimicking what we can with surgery, you know? And so um, we see so many patients who wind up spending thousands of dollars and they get promised, you know, that they can get, you know, an applicator um, and have a non-surgical treatment and, you know, get a surgical result. And it's just not the case most of the time. You know, mm -hmm. I think most patients who are kind of coming for cool sculpting or something, they are really expecting sometimes a surgical result. Now that's not everybody. There's are, you know, there's exceptions to every rule, but um, it does work. It's just never going to work, you know, on someone who is postpartum and they have skin laxity and they have diastasis and they have fat and things like that. If you put a cool sculpting applicator on the abdomen for a postpartum, you know, tummy, most of the time, it's not going to, you know, treat what, what needs to be, to be treated there. So um, it's all, you know, as far as non-surgical stuff, what I, there's always new, new techniques that come out. And so even though we're called a modern, you know, plastic surgery and med spa, I'm not an early adopter on a lot of new treatments that first come to market, yeah. because especially in the, in the med spa world, most of the stuff is probably going to, you know, everybody's going to say, oh, we have this new treatment, you know, cellulite treatment. And then people talk about it for a few months and then they realize it's not working and then it just goes away. Hmm. So, you know, for my patients and stuff that I tell them, it's, it's my job to, you know, really vet all of these um, products and devices. And when I bring something, you know, that's what I tell all my patients. When you see me advertise something, it's, it means it's going to work. Yeah. So I mean, it's, just, 
it's not as fun, but dental is the same way. We were always kind of taught like before trying new materials and changing things, see the five and 10 year reviews and studies and see, you know, how well they are. And so, you know, pretty simple, although your, your stuff sounds more exciting than, than dental cements. (laughs) Well, it's similar to orthodontics, you know, people come to orthodontics. Yes. There is a big functional component to orthodontics, like how there's a functional component to fixing diastasis recti, but there's also an aesthetic component. People come, they know that it's going to have a price tag with it. They come in, they're not coming in because they're being forced to come in. They're being coming in, they're walking through your doors because they're choosing to come see you. And I, it sounds like, just like you, Dr. Walters, I feel a great responsibility that if I'm going to, you know, charge a patient a, a treatment fee that I want to be able to deliver predictable results. And I think setting clear expectations in my field is very important because sometimes with an adult, there is limitations on how well I can get their teeth to get to fit together versus a child. And probably same with you. You have to have very clear expectations. Like a 70 year old can't come in and, and think Botox is going to, is going to fix them. You know what I mean? I think that you have to be a really good communicator when you're in an aesthetic field. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's all about educating and mm-hmm. that's what I tell yeah. you know patients a lot. Like I'm not, you're not just paying me, you know, to just do a procedure on you. Um, you know, you're paying me to, to give you a result. And yep. so, you know, for some patients who maybe come in and they really need a facelift, but they don't want a facelift and they want me to just do, you know, filler on them. You know, a lot of times I tell them no, because I just don't think it's a, I think it's just going to be a waste of their money. Right. Yep. And so I'm like, you know, some of my best advice is when I say, no, because, you know, it's, it's really trying to kind of educate that patient to not just kind of take their money and hopefully, and I say, listen, if you keep, you know, going on consults, you're going to find somebody to, to do it. Yep. And hopefully you, this is how I make my living. Like I'm telling you, don't pay me for this because it's, you know, this is how I make my living. So I hope you respect that because I don't want you to kind of go on another consult or the next consult, and then you're going to find somebody who just takes your money. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to wind up paying for a procedure that doesn't give you the result. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you guys see, or you see that kind of with, and, you know, I just kind of thought of it probably with Invisalign, right? So every, it seems like you don't really have to be an orthodontist or, you know, you, any dentist or something can do Invisalign and you, you get know, what maybe... you pay for you, you, right. you get what you pay for. I, I have taken care of a lot of patients that started with their general dentist and they have since found their way in my office because they weren't getting what they were promised. Um, yeah. And I think um, kind of like on the similar of what you're saying is especially like a lot of my friends that are, you know, we're kind of having our final kids or getting to that point. I mean, same thing, like if they call you and, and want to do some sort of a mommy makeover, like, do you encourage them to get back into somewhat original shape, like before you would want to try to do any um, procedures? Yeah. I mean, I tell, you know, all my patients for any type of body contouring procedure, I can't do it like all by myself. It's sure. teamwork. And, you know, the better you are looking going into surgery, the better you come out. So you know, we look at your body mass index, you know, that's a measure of, you know, your weight compared to your height. And, um, you know, if your BMI is above 30, well, you know, we have to have those discussions and that's where you meet the, you know, the classification of, of obesity. 
And so, you know, here in South Louisiana, the food is good and <laughs> healthy. So a lot of our patients do come and they may be above 30. And so that's where we kind of have the education and things like that. And, and I say, listen, let's optimize you because number one, you're going to have a safer result in a safer surgery because complications start to rise when your body mass index is above 30 and your overall result is going to be so much better if we get you below 30 because there's only so much that we can spend in the operating room so much we can liposuction safely at you know one time and so for the amount of money that you're spending if you you know lose a little bit of weight first you're going to come out looking so much better and then you have already established those diet and health, you know, health, health, um, healthy habits preoperatively so that after surgery, you can kind of resume that and protect your investment. And that's, that's huge. I mean, the worst thing that I, I can see is if I do any type of liposuction mommy makeover and at six months post-op, you know, my patient comes in and maybe gains 20 pounds like that. It just breaks my heart because, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, again, I, I, I want to see the transformation. I, I'm passionate about what I do. We're not just doing procedures on people. We're trying to make a difference in people's lives. And, um, you know, I want to see them kind of get a very good result. Um, tell us, like, if somebody wants to get a mommy makeover, how long do you recommend waiting postpartum before considering having that procedure done? I would say at least six months. I think you have to really kind of let the body, you know, bounce back as best as it can. Um, you know, I think women can kind of see after having like maybe multiple children, you know, maybe after the first child, things, you know, bounce back pretty quickly. And then after the second one, it didn't bounce back as quickly. And, you know, maybe things are looser. So the body does kind of recover some. So we have to kind of wait at least six months, you know, maximize that tightening that the body can do by itself. And then, you know, let's discuss. Oh yeah. I can't wait to see what it looks like after four. This is going to be a, a masterpiece. <laughs> You're going to have your work cut out for you. Um, okay. So I was always curious about this. I've always heard you have to get breast implants done every 10 years. Is that, is there truth behind that? No, um, that's kind of just a common myth that, you know, goes around the internet and things. Um, you know, the newer gummy bear, highly cohesive um, implants, um, you know, are new and new and improved. And, um, you know, the best implants that we've kind of ever, you know, built. And there are women who are with the older generation implants and they have them that are doing well for 20 25 years. So, you know, I think with the new gummy bear implants, patients can potentially, you know, go longer than 10 years and things like that. I think the general thing is what we really mean when we kind of say 10 years is we hope to get 10 years out of an implant. It's, you know, it's not a lifetime device. At some point, it's going to need to need to be changed out. I think more often than not, the reason that we change them out is just because the breast continues to age. So, you know, gravity continues to win, you lose skin elasticity. So things tend to get looser. And usually at about 10 years, there may not be anything wrong with the implant, but you may not be liking something, you know, with the, the look of your breast. Things have gotten looser, you know, the implant may have kind of fallen down just a little bit. 
And so at that point, if you know you want to be tightened up or you want to go a little bit bigger or smaller or whatnot, then then you can you know think about um, having another procedure. But at ten years, if things are fine, you leave it alone. Cool. And is that I was because I was checking out your Instagram and I saw this stunning woman and she was like out to dinner that same night that she got it done. Is that I, I didn't even think that was a possibility. So that's with um, that's with primary breast augmentation. So that's in some patient or if 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 a patient is a candidate to undergo a primary breast augmentation with a you know with an implant, um, not a breast lift or anything like that. Um, we can, you know, now do what's called rapid recovery techniques. And it's basically based on science. It was, it was developed several years ago, really by a plastic surgeon, um, in Dallas, Texas, Dr. Tebitz. And really basically what it is, is, is picking an implant that is based on your body, right? So it's doing precise measurements and measuring your breast dimensions and, giving a patient, a, you know, a, a range of implants that would be good for their body. And so it's called tissue-based planning and, um, you know, customizing an implant that fits a patient's breast. And then it's things that we as surgeons do in the operating room. So it's really kind of small incisions, minimal um, bleeding, just precise pocket dissection for, for the implant. Um, and, you know, then post-operatively, um, having the patient do arm raises as soon as they wake up when they're in recovery. And so, you know, they, our patients do five arm raises above their head every hour. That let, allows the muscle to stay kind of loose and not cramp up and tighten up. And then we start them on high-dose ibuprofen. And the, all of that is, you know, it's a high-dose ibuprofen anti-inflammatory. And 90% of our patients can really get out of the house and go to dinner. Um, and, you know, 90% don't take any type of narcotics or anything like that. They just take, you know, a few Advil every couple of hours. Um, now it's not for everybody. Like I said, some patients just hurt. So about, you know, 10% of patients, they just maybe hurt for a, for a day or two. You know, really though, about one or two times a year, I just have to call in some narcotics for a patient who's just hurting. But you know, that's really about one to 2%. So it's, it's, it's not marketing, you know, some competitors and, you know, that I hear what, what they say, sometimes they think I'm just talking about marketing and things like that. It is, that's why I have patients on Instagram, you know, talking about it. And, and I'm like, okay, I, I do a video and I'm like, what did you do the night of surgery? And they're like, I went to dinner. What did you do? You know, what did you take for your pain medicine? I just took ibuprofen. So it's, it's based on science. Um, and, you know, if the surgeon and the patient does their jobs, then um, most patients can recover very quickly, you know, with under the muscle silicone implants, you know, primary breast augmentation. That's really amazing. Um, and, you know, think about the people that are wanting these, they're probably moms that are busy. So that's, that's pretty incredible. And I think some, an amazing value and service that you provide. Um, talk. No, it doesn't mean, I'll just say this. It doesn't mean getting back in the gym and heavy lifting. Sure. Oh, right? yeah. So, you know, that's what's up. Whenever there's incision, it's four weeks, no heavy lifting. You got to take it easy, but you know, older, you know, um, 10 years ago and, you know, even surgeons still, they tell patients, you know, 
you're going to be off of work for a week. Um, don't don't move your arms. Um, you're going to have these wraps. Um, we're going to give you narcotics, and really, that's not necessary anymore. So, wow. Um, talk to us about when diastasis recti needs to be surgically fixed. I feel like I I know two of my friends that have kind of had you know, kind of similar things to get some, you know, tummy stuff back in order. When would you recommend a, a surgeon like yourself to fix it? I think when it ever really, when it bothers the patient, Okay, it's, a, it's not, you know, it's not an emergency. It doesn't need to be fixed. Um, so it's whenever um, a patient is just feeling that, you know, they've had children, they are starting to diet and exercise post-pregnancy and they really are kind of plateaued and they're not being able to, you know, tighten their abdominal muscles anymore. Um, you know, I think every single woman after pregnancy, they get some diastasis. I mean, there's yeah. no way you can go nine months and be stretched out and expect, you know, it's a torn muscle pretty much. And so um, every woman I think has a little bit, you know, varying degree of it, mm-hmm. but, you know, every patient who's had a a child can benefit from tightening the muscle surgically. Um, You know, unfortunately, physical therapy, whatever, you know, it's just working out. It doesn't necessarily work. It's not going to tighten or repair that torn, uh, that tear in the muscle. So, um, you know, as far as when it's whenever the patient just really decides that they want to you know, improve the tight, the tightness of their abdomen. What would you recommend on like the non-surgical side, um, Dr. Walters, what would be the best non-surgical face procedure? Somebody like, I'm going to ask this for myself, somebody like myself could have. So I turned 36 next week. Um, I've had Botox a few times, no filler. I've been a religious sunscreen wearer my whole life. Like I, I have, I, I'm lucky. I have very nice skin, but what would be like the, the first kind of big, like non-surgical laser or peel or whatever, if I were to come to your med spa, what would you recommend for me? Yeah. So I think, I think skin, skincare, non-surgical skincare and lasers and stuff, those are things that 100% work. And so, um, I think, you know, if patients are trying to do something to, um, prevent further aging yeah. and to reverse the signs of aging. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely best to start in your thirties and forties, because if you do this over a 10 year period, and I tell all, all of my patients that you're doing this for about five to 10 years from now too, when you can, so you can look younger than all your friends who are not doing it. And so, <laughs> um, I think, you know, lasers are, are definitely something that, um, works and can help keep your skin glowing. And one of my mentors told me a long time ago, if there's, you know, depending, not it's for all, all ages. If you can do one thing for a patient, it's just to get their skin glowing to make them look better. You know, that's not, not a facelift, you know, not Botox, not fillers, but just to improve the appearance of their skin and get it glowing, then they'll look younger. And so, um, I think lasers is definitely, um, the best kind of non-surgical thing for the face. Um, okay. Oh, go ahead, Maggie. I was going to say, okay, no, you ask that, Allie, and then you go. And then I have, well, a, I, I was going to say, I was going to do a little rapid fire real quick with okay. Dr. Walters. Okay. Yeah. Are you down? 
I'm down. All right. Okay. So favorite procedure. Mommy makeover. Favorite skincare line. Zio. Uh, I love Zio. The um that facial serum. What is it? The growth factor one. Mm-hmm. Love it, and I love how it feels. Um, okay, most common celebrity people want to look like. I mean, I for lips, you know, there's always Kylie Jenner for lips. Uh huh. Um, uh, favorite um, favorite New Orleans restaurant. Ooh, good one. Ooh, that's a lot. Moscas. <laughs> um, okay. I went. We went to the Chloe recently. Have you been there? Mm-hmm. That place is awesome. I love that. Um, okay, what are you streaming right now? Streaming. Um, five days at Memorial. Ooh. So that's um, it's a, a series on Apple TV about um, a hospital here in New Orleans, um, the five days following Hurricane Katrina. So it's pretty interesting. Oh, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. Have you seen the, it's on Amazon prime. It's called, um, oh my gosh. It's about the six flags documentary and Katrina. It's called like closed for, um, I'm going to have to DM you the name of it, but it is the most fascinating documentary all about six, uh, six flags over new Orleans that closed. And, um, it like takes you and tours you in it. It, it was a free documentary. It was very, cool. I know, I know it closed down and it was always, I would just see pictures that it was just yeah. kind of creepy and stuff. It, it was so, so yeah. it was so creepy. You'd like this. Um, and then, <laughs> creepy, and like then la- <laughs> last question, Dr. Walter, since it's called the happy mom podcast, what's one thing that made you happy this week? Um, just on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do clinics. So being able to just see all my patients kind of complete, you know, the transformation, um, that's, you know, that's the reason of why I do what I do. So it kind of puts the finishing touches on that. And, um, you know, just to see a patient who says, you know, they're able to kind of, um, I could remember one patient this week, you know, she's able to just put on a pair of jeans that she, you know, mm-hmm. didn't feel confident wearing uh, before we did her surgery and stuff. And so it's just those little small things that yeah. you definitely can see that you're making a difference in people's lives. And um, that's just what makes it enjoyable to kind of get up every day and do what I do. And tell people where um, they can find you. What's your Instagram handle and what is your website? So we have two Instagram pages. It's um Dr. Jules Walters. So Dr. Jules Walters. Um, that's my kind of just professional page. And then um, my practice page is the Modern NOLA. Um, and same thing for our, our website is themodernnola.com or drjuleswalters.com. Okay, awesome. Well, we appreciate your time today, Dr. Walters. You um, changed that cup of uh, coffee out for something a little bit stronger. Now that you're working, he's drinking a cup of coffee, y'all. I know you can't see. Yep. Uh, or I think it's coffee. Maybe we don't know. Maybe he's already in New Orleans, Maggie. He is a he is a New Orleans boy. It's probably a pinch cup for all I know. <laughs> no, I had two surgeries today, and you know, rushed over and um to do the podcast. So yeah. it's a little bit of coffee. We'll okay, we well, appreciate that. We Thank appreciate you. you very much. I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you.